Chapter 6. Lost. I must have faded into sleep that night staring at the flames. I woke up when I felt someone tap my shoulder. I opened my eyes to see the fire was out, but it was light. My sweatshirt was damp from the morning dew. I looked over my shoulder to see who woke me, and I saw Seth. Everyone was stirring now, eating granola bars for breakfast and drinking cold orange juice from the cooler. Is he here? I asked the others, hoping Marcos had made it back. They shook their collective heads no. My heart sank, and I asked myself, what could have happened? I felt an overwhelming sense of guilt. It had been my plan to take this trip in the first place. His mom did have a bad feeling, Ava said softly in between sips of juice. Come on now, we can't think that way, Seth said from behind me. He was clearly rested and back to his normal self again. He has to be here somewhere. Let's go find him. What's the plan, I asked. Seth shrugged and looked to Jason, who always seemed to be our collective leader. I guess we tie up our boots tight and we go hiking, he said confidently. I looked at his feet for boots. He didn't have boots on at all. He had white all-star Converse tennis shoes on, and it made me smile a bit. All of us or just us, I asked, referring to the guys. Oh, I'm going with you, Josie announced. Ava tugged on Jay's sleeve to let him know she was in too. Fine, I'm in too, but I'm not walking with Seth, Victoria surrendered. Everyone took a few minutes to put away their food and drinks they were working on, and we casually gathered around in a circle. I noticed Victoria had a flashlight, but I didn't say anything. However, Seth couldn't pass it up. Vicky, it's like six in the morning. There's no way in heck we're going to need flashlights. What if we get lost? She asked innocently. I'm not carrying it for you if you get tired, Seth answered. Go ahead and bring it. It won't hurt anything. I've got my pack filled with snacks. How about you? Jason asked me. Uh, yeah, I'll grab my bag too. Are we splitting up? I don't think that seems like a good idea, Josie said to me. We could cover more ground, Ava interjected. Josie gave her a look. What do you think, Jason? We should stay together. And Isaac, you have to take the lead. You're the only one who remotely knows these woods. Great, I said reluctantly. I swung around to grab my bag from next to my seat, and I led the group into the trees in the northern direction Marcos and Jason had followed the light. Of course, as we quietly walked through the woods, with pine needles and branches breaking under our feet, my thoughts wandered on the possible explanations for Marco's disappearance. We walked and walked, and I settled in my mind on three most probable ideas. Number one, the light was a flashlight of a bad person who has kidnapped or hurt Marco somewhere so he couldn't come back. Number two, the light was an illusion of some sort, trickery from the full moon and the angles or something, and an animal took Marcos. Number three, the light was God, and he took Marcos to heaven. I know number three is improbable at all, but it felt more probable than my other ideas. No matter what happened, the more we searched and found no traces, the more down we got. As the sun rose high above, we soon realized we might have a crime scene on our hands. One thing was for sure, all our vehicles were still there, no tracks of any other. There were no footprints of large felines or bears. There weren't any signs of human trauma. There was no trail left behind. The girls started talking of my second option when they saw the elk carcass from the first clearing. 
but the lack of evidence supporting helped them a little bit. Guys, I'm at a loss, I finally said. We need to get back to camp again and rest. We're going to kill ourselves wandering like this. I looked down at Jason's old school flat bottom shoes and I figured his feet had to be killing him. Okay, let's get back, Jason agreed. Then what? Victoria asked. What do we do now? She was sounding very upset. Calm down, Vicky. Maybe Marcos is back there now, Seth said to her calmly. No, he isn't, she screamed. He's not at camp. He's not in the woods. He isn't anywhere. Josie started crying as she heard Victoria's words of doom. Seth went over to Victoria and put his arm around her to calm her down, and I did the same with Josie. Maybe we should go into town and get help, Seth then offered. No, we still can't do that for the same reasons as before, I answered. Come on, man, we have to. Like, we have to explain away our illegal camping or whatever. We need help, Seth said, losing his nerve a little bit. No, Jason commanded. We stay and we wait. Wait for what, baby? Ava sincerely asked. For the light, he answered sternly. Nobody was going to disagree with him when he had that tone. And foolishly, I agreed wholeheartedly and led the group back to camp. I was finally getting my bearings in these woods by that point, and so it didn't take us very long. Camp was sitting there just as we had left it, no trespasser of any kind, sadly. I took out my flint and started the fire up again as Jason brought some fresh wood. We were all getting hungry. I could feel the pain, and I could hear the stomachs of others. Soon we were making hobo potatoes, deep in the fire, sitting around, trying to remain calm. Josie checked her cell phone for service, but there wasn't any. She couldn't check in like she promised with her parents. That would have to be a strike against me. With Seth near the tents and the girls on the other side of the fire, Jason pulled up his chair close to mine and whispered to me, You, me, and Seth are going to have to go after this thing as soon as it appears tonight. His tone was alarming. I mean, bolt after it. I nodded in agreement with him, but I couldn't help but wonder if the light would even come back. We didn't know if the light was connected in any way to Marco's disappearance. Are you with me? Yes, I'm with you. I answered, trying to sound half as macho as he always did. Wait, what about the girls? They'll be fine. Ava can protect them he said with a smirk. Unless you know some martial arts training and your girlfriend's background that I'm not aware of, that doesn't make me very confident, I answered as he smiled. Josie's probably tougher, I joked. Come on, he said in a regular tone and stood up drawing the attention of the girls as I laughed aloud. What's so funny over there? Josie asked cautiously. We were discussing whose girlfriend can beat up whose, Jason responded. Boys, Josie said as she rolled her eyes and continued your conversation with Victoria and Ava, which I still doubt was that much more profound. Jason went over to Seth and whispered to him what I can assume were the same directions he had for me. I don't know why he had to be so secretive, because not 10 minutes later, when we were all burning our tongues on potatoes, he informed the girls of the new plan. Not that I disagree, but what if the light doesn't return, Victoria asked. It will, he answered. How can you be so sure, she fired back. It has to, he replied irresponsibly. Let's just hope it does, I interrupted. 
It's going to get dark in an hour or so, so keep your eyes peeled on those trees. We quietly ate and stared into the abyss of ponderosas and birch for what seemed like centuries. The sun went down behind the mountain, and the moon shone as brightly as it had the night before. You could hear the nocturnal animals stirring, and the fire before us was crackling. The sound had a calming effect on me despite the situation we found ourselves in. I finished off another ice-cold Pepsi that chilled my insides to match my outsides. When it dawned on me, Hey guys, we were telling ghost stories last night when the light appeared. So? Victoria asked. Maybe it triggered it or something, I said, before I realized how crazy it sounded. That's spooky to think about, Josie said to me. Sorry, I don't want to scare anybody, but we've been sitting here a while. And we haven't seen anything. Hey, why not? Jason replied. I know we don't feel like it tonight, but does anyone have a ghost story? We all looked around the fire. We were all pretty cold and tired. Ava was snuggling up with Jason, and Josie was sitting in a chair next to mine and was holding my bare hand with her gloved hand. Her eyes were a unique shade of green that moment. Seth was on the ground closest to the fire, and Victoria was in a chair next to Josie. Nobody looked like they had a story to share, or wanted to. Fine, Seth said after a moment. I have one. There are these two girls in a cabin in the woods watching a videotape. The videotape had an old woman combing her hair in it, and a drowning horse, and a cliff, and a lighthouse, and a ring, Ava asked, cutting him off from his retelling of yet another horror movie. So creative, she added sarcastically. What? Seth asked back. I reached out and punched him in the arm for being a dork. He had lightened the mood for a minute, and we all desperately needed that, no matter how inappropriate laughing felt. Anybody got a real story, I asked. A couple minutes passed, and nobody said a word. I didn't have any either, and even if I did, it was buried underneath miles of other thoughts. My thoughts were with Marcos, what he was going through, where was he, was he afraid, was he alone, was he hurt? Who was telling a story when the light appeared last night, Josie asked, apparently ready to go with my trigger theory. We all thought about it and concluded that I had been telling my Native American warrior tale. That was right. I never finished it. The strange light had interrupted. Okay, okay. Long ago in these very woods lived an old Native American warrior, I started and then paused. We all looked around intently at the woods. Had we all gone crazy? Could the story have anything to do with the light? Had the light had anything to do with Marcos? We were doing a lot of practice on faith. There were no signs of anything mysterious around us. So I continued. I finished the whole dang uninteresting story with not a flicker of light. It was one of the most disappointing moments in my life. But what were we expecting? I concluded by shrugging at Jason who stood up and fiercely threw his water bottle into the woods. Show yourself, you coward, he yelled, and it echoed through the forest in an eerie, empty fashion. We aren't afraid of you, so why are you scared to show yourself? There was desperation in his voice. Have we decided the light was a person now? I wasn't aware, but I decided to support his efforts. Come on now, I shouted, but my words were muddled. We aren't afraid of you, Jason followed. But then we all heard something that sounded like a voice, 
like a reply, but none of us understood it at all. It was faint and far off. It didn't really sound like Marcos, though, and it sent chills up my spine. Say that again, I whispered to Jason. He looked at me and he shouted, We aren't afraid of you! You will be, sneered a voice from deep in the woods. We all understood at that time, and we all looked at each other in confusion and panic. Seth was on the ground again with his head between his legs, bobbing back and forth. Victoria was crying and holding on to Josie. Jason and I stood bold, facing the trees in the direction of the voice and waited. Sure enough, in a twinkling of an eye, the light appeared again at what seemed like 50 yards away. Jason sprinted after it without a second thought. I turned to tap Seth and I ran after Jason as fast as I could. I could hear Seth following me. We hadn't time to grab flashlights. That was a huge mistake. Now we were running after a threatening light, full speed in the dark. The light was so fast, it moved away from us three at a tremendous pace. You have to keep in mind, the three of us were extremely fast runners. Jason and Seth were both wide receivers, and I was a running back, and the light seemed to just toy with us. It truly felt like we were walking in deep sand. I was still behind Jason when I saw the light morph quickly in front of him into the form of a woman. It was quick, but I remember feeling like she was the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen. Jason tried to stop as the woman paused and turned to face him, but he couldn't. He braced for a collision, but he went right through her as she disappeared into darkness. No sign of her anywhere. Did you see that? Jason asked as I came up running to him. Out of breath, there was a tone of terror in his voice. I saw it, I answered. We stood there bent over with our hands on our knees trying to catch our breath when Seth trotted up. Where did it go? He asked. You mean she? Jason replied, still terrified. What? Seth was confused. I don't know how to explain it, but the light suddenly turned into a woman and then disappeared. I replied, hearing a frightened tone in my own voice. My heart was beating fast. None of this made any sense. Come on, Seth said, unimpressed. We aren't making this up, Jason replied. Was she about six feet tall and extremely beautiful? Seth suddenly asked with a sense of fear now in his own panting voice. Is she right behind me? I asked, terrified. No, I'm just messing with you. But that would have been scary, right? Seth laughed. I was too scared to punch him in the face like I wanted to, and I looked over my shoulder to be sure. It was just more dark trees. It's not freaking funny, Jason exclaimed. Okay, I'm sorry. How do we get back? We don't have our lights, Jason asked. I don't know, were we running in a straight line, I asked him. It didn't feel like it, he replied. Why don't we just follow the firelight back to camp, Seth answered, pointing off into the distance. From where we had been running, there was what looked like a faint fire. Surely we ran farther than that, I said in disbelief. We did. Jason answered confidently. Without notice, he again took off running after it. So Seth and I shrugged our shoulders and raced after him. From off in front of us, we heard Jason yell back, It's not our camp, it's her! I squinted my eyes to try to see ahead, but everything was a blur. The firelight was gone, and the light we had chased before was gone. There was no sign of the woman. Or Jason. Jay! I screamed, Jason! We came to the place where we had seen the fire and there were no traces of Jason anywhere. I started crying. Big crocodile tears. The idea of losing another friend was overwhelming. No, 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 Jason! It couldn't have happened again. What was going on? 
Ike, look, Seth yelled. Suddenly my head turned quickly to the south to see the woman holding Jason's limp body in her arms. The only way I could see anything was because the woman was her own source of light, making Jason a mere silhouette. He was breathless, but I couldn't see any injuries. She smiled deeply and looked into my eyes. She was six foot tall after all, with long flowing white hair and a long white dress. I couldn't be sure I was seeing anything clearly because my eyes were filled with water. I fell in my heart like I wanted to jump and attack her, for she was a stone's throw away, but I was paralyzed with fear. All I could do was watch as the woman stepped back into the shadows further from view. I rubbed my eyes to see a bit better, and just before she vanished into the trees, I saw bright red on her lips and a faint red glow in her eye. I still couldn't move even after they were gone. It was like I was in a trance, but Seth was able to run to where she had been and looked around. They're gone, he yelled. Then he belted out a scream into the forest. It echoed deep and wide. It must have been heard all the way back at camp because within minutes the girls came running up with flashlights in hand. At first, seeing the lights made me think she was back. But it was our girls. When Ava looked around and the realization sunk in that Jason was gone, she fell face first into the sod and wept. I had only heard that kind of weeping one other time in my life when my mother had found out about my father's terminal diagnosis. Ava's tears flowed to the ground below as Josie and Seth tried desperately to help her, but we couldn't. You can't help someone who's lost hope. We didn't know for sure Jason was dead, but Ava seemed sure of it. She was so sure, and she hadn't even heard what happened yet. Now, I didn't think she ever would. My mother never could. Seth and I tried to explain that what we had seen, but when we spoke, it didn't sound convincing, almost as if we were making it up. But it was real. We knew it was real. We couldn't make sense of it, and we were mixing up our words. After the failed explanations, we forced her back to her feet and walked her back to camp with the help of the girls' flashlights. The seven of us had been whittled down to five in just two nights. This wasn't how it was supposed to go. I never meant for anything like this to happen. That night, nobody slept, and I kept the fire going. Again, for Marcos. <laughs> <laughs>